So are you strategically blessing someone? We started off our conversation in our last episode of Life Talks about the idea of how do we get the gospel to others, and it begins by being committed to blessing others. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in out, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Ben, gospel saturation is a big deal, and yeah. we've got to have a strategy. Nothing important is ever done unless you have a strategy. Yeah. And you began talking to us. Give us a little bit of review, if you would, on what the bless acrostic means. Yeah, so the whole idea is it's it's a really simple way, no matter what your spiritual maturity is or um, you know your your expertise, and it, it just helps you take one the the next step of faith to say, I'm going to be intentional at living a life that is that is outward focused. I'm not going to be focused on myself. And so the whole idea, the B is you begin with prayer. You ask God to begin working and moving in people's hearts and lives. And and even I brought we mentioned this on Sunday. Um, I even said, hey, listen, you might want to just pray for for God to give you someone, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of people say, I don't have a non an unbeliever in my life that I could even share Jesus with. And so sometimes the beginning with prayer is God, give me someone in my life that I can, I can have a friendship with that doesn't know Jesus. Yeah. I, I think that is really, really essential. I mean, you know, you challenged us recently yeah. on staff and I was convicted because mm-hmm. the, the fact of the matter is I don't know a lot of un- mm-hmm. non-believers and I didn't pray about yeah. meeting them. Yeah. And with within two weeks, I had a contact that I said, I think this might be the person that the yeah. Lord, and I was able to lead them to Christ. I know. And, and I can't wait for you to share that story yeah. with our church. And I think that's one of the things that uh, when we are faithful, I think what we have to have is an expectation that there are people that God wants to save. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and listen, so I'm a guy that leans more Calvinistic and and uh you know, love the idea of God's sovereignty and but but the reality is um I think a lot of times when people have this bent towards sovereignty, we they just say, well, people that that God's going to save, God's going to save. But the reality is God God wants to work and move in our community, wants to work in people's lives. And he is working in people's lives. We just have to recognize it and notice it. And, and by praying, what it does, it, it resensitizes us to the responsibility. Absolutely. Because we, you know, if you're praying correctly, you're praying believing. Yes. So you're believing that God's going to answer this prayer. All of a sudden, my eyes were opened, and I'm yes. like, okay, how's God going to answer this prayer in my yes. life? And boom, there it was. Yes, you said, I love that. There's a sensitivity and an awareness that we normally don't have yeah. when we think this way. So... So you've got to begin with prayer. The next letter is listen. And the whole idea with listen is it's the most tangible way we can show people that they are important and that that we care about them. Mm-hmm. It's about care and love and concern. And it's this is not about—I use this analogy when I was presenting this to the church about we don't want— the last thing I want you to feel like is you're an Amway salesman or a crowbar evangelist. We don't oh, explain the crowbar. That was awesome yesterday when you explained that because I'd never heard it put that way. Okay, and it is so true. <laughs> okay, so I was laughing so, so hard. So one of the things, again, this is kind of a, if you if you're listening to this, this is a pull pull the uh, curtain behind and what's going on in my mind. I was not prepared to make that statement on Sunday mornings. Really? Yes. It was so hilarious. And it was like, that's one of those Holy Spirit moments that God just gives to you when I was yeah. in the middle of preaching. And I, and I had this idea of crowbar evangelist. I'd written that down. But the illustration I gave, well, you know, where it's like you talk to your neighbor and you know, I need to get my my car, my, my, an oil change in my car. And you're like, well, you know what else needs a change, Joe, is your heart. You know? <laughs> That that was totally Holy Spirit. That go that goes to show you God has a sense of humor. He does. I, I about fell out of my seat whenever you said that. So, but the whole idea is how many times have we been around people that have done that, or we 
we feel guilty. Like oh, I've got to, this might be my moment. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just feels, lights are on. it feels awkward for everyone. And so yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Wait for the Holy Spirit yeah. to, to don't open jam the a door. Don't jam crowbar in it and force it, right? The That's Lord not... will, the Lord will do that. Yes. For you. Yes. I was, I, I was with another one of our, I, I, I'm going around visiting all the life communities right now. And we're talking about just the vision hearing from them. And one of the, uh, one of our elders in his life community was was sharing the story how he felt like he had to make sure he got Jesus in, and if people thought he was weird or mm-hmm. looked at him funny, he was like, "That's persecution." <laughs> <laughs> it's persecution for him. I said, "Well, was it persecution for you or for them?" <laughs> and we all laugh, but the yeah. reality is, I think people feel this pressure. What the whole point of blesses? You don't have to feel any pressure because these are all practices that all of us do normally, anyways. All of us should have this practice of of praying for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be good listeners. We should listen to people and and let them know they're important. The, the, and then the next letter we talked about was the E, the, to eat or exercise. And the whole idea is it's this is when you're deepening the relationship. You're you're bringing someone to into your home. You're showing hospitality. The whole point of eating and exercising is saying, hey, we we are equals, and I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're, we're sharing life together, and it's in those over meals uh, or exercising together that you, you can have those deeper level talks on what's going on in their life, what's going on in their heart, what are their hopes, what are their dreams, and so these are all things that that provide the open door for us to continue on with the bless strategy. You used an illustration yesterday of Dave at the gym, yeah, which I thought. That was that. This this one wasn't a crowbar. This one was a thoughtful method that he used. Very Why don't you intentional. Share that one again because I thought yeah. that was awesome. So Dave Morais, he's uh um he works in security and he looks like he works security. He's actually an architect though. Yes, he is an architect. Yeah. Uh, works downtown in Mooresville. Great, great guy. Uh, Dave and I are friends, and um we, you know we had lunch and the other day, and he was just telling me some of the people that he's been able to bless in in his environment. And uh, he looks at the gym as one of the primary ways that he connects with people, especially non-believers. And so he has this water bottle that he carries around with him during the gym or when he's in the gym. And on one side is a is a sticker of the cross, and another side is a sticker of the Patriots because he's a Patriots fan. And when people comment and say, "I like your I like your uh, sticker," he's always like, "Which one?" Mm-hmm. And it's it's a open conversation. And he was just telling me all the different people who he's been able to pray with, talk to, and introduce. Jesus to people through just the, his water bottle at the yeah. gym. And so the, yeah, these are the kinds of and things if that... anybody on the planet needs <clears throat> Jesus, it's Patriot fans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Had to throw it in there. Had to throw it in there. Oh, grenade has been launched. <laughs> you can talk to Dan on Sunday. <laughs> okay. So we're... we're and, and so now we're at the last two letters, which are serve and share Jesus. And, and so... Um, share, uh, serve really comes first. And the whole idea is when we have this intentional relationship with other people, our eyes and our ears and our hearts are going to be much more aware of what is that person's need. And we need to make sure that we're meeting physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs, just all of them. You know, one of the things that uh, I had a Bible uh, or I had a seminary professor one time that he said, you know, you see a homeless man on the side of the road, and and what do you do? Do you buy him a bowl of soup, or do you share Jesus, or do you give him a track and share Jesus with him? Mm. And, you know, there's this big debate. We mm-hmm. debated for like an hour in the classroom what to do, and he he just, he, as the professor's listening, the final thing is, you do both. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple, yeah, right? Yeah, the false dichotomy we use is, is amazing. Do you remember Lyle K? Not Lyle Cahill. Uh, Mark was Mark, Mark, K- Mark, Mark Cahill. Mark Cahill. The one thing you can't do in heaven. The one thing you can't do in heaven. And he was so good at this. 
I, in, in fact, I felt so guilty one time. I took him out to, to dinner, and I got there at the restaurant. I found our table, you know, and I'm all ready for him. And then he doesn't show up. He doesn't show up. He doesn't show up. I'm like, well, did he get lost? What happened? Yeah. I know he was right behind me. And I get up to, to go look out in the parking lot to see if he's out there or something. And he's in the restaurant. He's going from table to table. And, <laughs> and he's talking to people and just saying, how are you guys doing? And he found two two ladies that were there that were single moms, and he picked up their bill. Yes. And he paid for their bill. He was blessing them at mealtime, yes. and then he gave them a copy of their book, yeah. his book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he would always do that. It, Mark is a guy that would always look for single parents in mm-hmm. a in a restaurant, and he would always say, I want their bill. Yeah. And every single time, massive open doors yeah. for, for him to share and, Jesus. And, and he said, if all the people that they come into contact with today, the one person that they're going to remember did something for them tangibly was the yes. person who talked to them about Jesus. That's right. That's yeah. right. So the whole idea is we're looking for it, it's it's not one or the other. It's it's meeting physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs. And if you meet are meeting the physical needs and the emotional needs, then the spiritual need. I mean, th- those doors are going to come wide open. And so, um, but learning how to serve others is really important. And I mentioned this again in our in my sermon, but I believe what COVID did and what technology is doing is it's turning us inward. We're just so focused in on ourselves and our comfort and our security and our entertainment and our pleasure. And what we're doing is we're not looking up and we're not seeing the needs. One of the things that I, one of the best things that you see in scripture is when Jesus says, he, you know, look, and see that the field is white unto harvest. He's he's training his disciples to look and see people and how much they need him and how much they have needs. And so that that we would have we that that followers of Jesus and especially those of us at Life Fellowship that we would ask ourselves am I the, am I the kindest person in my neighborhood? Hmm. Am I the kindest person in my department at work? Am I the kindest mom um, to the teacher for my kids' class. It's this idea of how are we showing tangible acts of kindness and compassion uh, in tangible ways that are that people need and that people are are looking for. And so, this that's this is just the next step that's going to show people, hey, we are people, we are salt and light in this world. And so, share or serve is the next letter that that leads us to share which is share Jesus. Mm. And Dan, this is probably, again, most people begin with prayer and they they, they automatically go to sharing Jesus, right? That, I mean, it's kind of how you and I grew up. And um, now when I think, when you think about your experience with evangelism, mm. okay, you've been a pastor, you grew up in the church. What has been your experience of how churches have done evangelism in your church experience? Kind of like they do a drive-by shooting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's, it's like they ambush somebody. They go knock on their door. Visitation. Yeah. And 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 then it's like you go from – it's like marrying somebody that you're out on your first date with. You, mm. you, you, you literally skip a lot of important steps, and, and then you – you, you force them to make a decision they're not ready to make or they don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. And and so um, that, that's that been my experience. And I, I, I tell you, I have some huge regrets uh, from the earliest days of my life in evangelism uh, on, on the fact that I saw people as projects. Yeah. 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 I think, I think the two most common ways that I would believe, I, probably all of us have, have done evangelism is the, the cold calling, you know, knocking on the doors and the event driven, 
you know, yeah. you know, inviting people come to revival, come service, to revival. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and the, and those are, I actually okay. That's fine if you want to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's been that's it was been, great in the 1910s. It worked. <laughs> it worked well at some point in our church history. But what I also think is the bait and switch. It's like, hey, come to our church for a, you know, a daddy daughter dance, and all of a sudden there's a guy up there. And again, I get it. There, every church, is, every head bowed and every eye closed. <laughs> every church is looking for an opportunity to share Jesus. But it's like, I think that there's a lot of people that felt like, oh, I was invited to. I thought we were going to do something fun here at the church, and now there's a devotional. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I think you have to put yourself in the shoes of someone. If someone invited you to, to an event. And you got there, and it was a. Then they want you to buy Amway. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would you respond yeah. to that? Well, yeah, and 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 so the pendulum. We tend to live at the extremes too many times when it comes to evangelism. So then I see the other, the lifestyle evangelism, where you, you go down to the bar and you have a beer with somebody, and and uh, you know you mow your grass for them, but you never tell them about and Jesus. And that's the whole point. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's the set, the last letter of bless has to be share Jesus. I mean, yeah. you can do all these four first four letters and. Praise God if you're going to be that t- kind of person, but this is this is where it's you know, and I've I've heard someone say it this way: sharing Jesus is the ultimate motive; it's not the ulterior motive. Yeah, and that's really important that we have an ultimate motive, but not an ulterior motive. The whole idea is whether or not someone accepts Jesus or not, we're not going to stop being the salt and light that God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that we've got to understand is as we continue to to share Jesus, um, be aware of your own experiences and know that this this bless strategy is going to feel different to you. It's going to feel like this this almost doesn't feel like it's really even doing anything. But the point is, there's an ultimate motive that you're you're you want, and that is to share Jesus. Now, here's the whole point of this. I think when when we talk about sharing Jesus, and there's a lot of different methods you use, three circles. Romans Road. We're going to have classes on this so that people want to know, like, well, how, what do I do? How do I do this? We can help people with that. Um, but I think what what you have to understand is not every person you share Jesus with is going to accept him. Right. It's, it's just not. I think one of the things that we just have to be is faithful to God to say, hey, God put someone in my life, and and he gave me every opportunity to be faithful to, to sharing Jesus. And after that, I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to coerce. I don't have to. What I mean, there have been people I've shared Jesus with, and they're like, "No, that's nice." Mm-hmm. So you want to meet next week? I mean, it's kind of like, okay. So what do you do then? You keep loving. Mm-hmm. You keep being a friend. You keep being someone who who is who how, who Jesus would be to that other person. And so, because you never know, you never know if it's a, a year down the road, ten years down the road, where something will happen in their life when they say, "Man, I need I need to talk to you again." And so. Here's the thing that we need to remember. The win, the win in all of the, of this is our faithfulness and our obedience to Jesus. The win is not the Christian movie ending. Because mm-hmm. not there's not everyone's going to have a, a Christian movie ending experience. In fact, I would say this. You might be super faithful and obedient to bless someone, and it turns out that you were taken advantage of mm-hmm. or that someone, you know, persecuted you in some way, whether it's verbal or whatever. It, and like, oh, I tried to bless, and and look what happened. <laughs> yeah, and look what happened to Jesus. Like, yeah. like, like, stop having the mindset that if I'm obedient and faithful to Jesus, He's going to make give me a a a yellow brick road. Mm-hmm. It's not the way it is. It's it's the idea is there are times where God calls us to be faithful, and He opens up doors, and we see great harvest and great fruit, 
And sometimes he opens doors for us to be obedient and faithful, and people end up rejecting Jesus and persecuting us. Yeah. At both both ends of how it works out is an opportunity to praise and glorify God, because when you, we are persecuted and given a, a hard experience, we get to identify with the sufferings of Jesus. Yeah. And if people are obedient and people respond to the gospel, we get to celebrate the power of God working in people's lives. So I think I, I want to encourage people not to think that if I do this, we're going to have a Christian movie ending every single time because right. that's just not, it's never going to be that way. Nope. We live in a broken, sinful world where we see sometimes the power of the enemy. And even Jesus, when his the, the parable of the seed and the sower gave these four different kinds of soil. Sometimes the birds take the seed away. Sometimes the cares of the world choke out the gospel. But that but but as I mentioned last episode, we're praying for good soil hearts, and only the Holy Spirit can do that. And you know, one of the other verses is he go he that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed. And and I I've not done the word say myself, so I'm depending on somebody else's interpretation. I hope it's accurate. But yeah. the idea of bearing precious seeds was also like carrying a leaky seed basket that wherever mm. you go, you're prepared to you, yes. almost like a Johnny Appleseed of the yes. gospel. Yes. Speaking of Mark Cahill, I've always thought of him like yeah. he's Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. But, you know, you said something a while ago. I want to just double back and make sure everybody heard it, that sharing the gospel is not your ulterior motive, but it is your ultimate motive. And boy, I wish that. I wished I had known that and lived that earlier Mm. because I think it also keeps us from being offensive. It, yes. and, and and I would be really ir- – I mean, I've had pe- multi-level marketers invite me to lunch, and I thought, oh, well, they just want to connect. They want to be my friend or whatever, and then I get there, and they're trying to get me to join their pyramid. Yeah. And, oh, I admit the disgust I would feel. So if, if, if uh, I invited somebody to lunch, and the first time we have lunch, the first thing I say to them is, well, the reason I brought you here is because you need to <laughs> repent. You know, oh, I would feel nothing but disgust. Yeah. But the idea is you share your journey, share your story. At some point, if you're blessing people, they're going to say, why are you doing this? Why are you cutting my grass? Why yeah. are you so nice yeah. to me? Why did you pay my bill? Yeah. And that's that, that, that moment where you open the door and you say, well, let me just simply say this to you. Part of the reason I do this is because of, of my own faith journey. Mm-hmm. And I said, and, and I, I would say, you know, this isn't the time to talk to you about it, but you know, if you ever have questions about what makes me tick or, or whatever, mm-hmm. I'd love to tell you my story. Yeah. You know, I'd love to tell you my story. And telling your story is one of the most effective ways of sharing the gospel. Uh, there, there's a young man in our, our youth, uh, works with our youth, whose name is Enoch. And, uh, and he grew up, you know, he grew up up north on mm-hmm. Long Island. He's mm-hmm. an African-American kid. He's yeah. 28 years old. He got up in front of our kids and just told his story last night, mm. how how Christ brought him to salvation and how wow. he used his parents. And those kids were on the edge of their seats listening to everything that he said. And sometimes, you know, you don't need to be a theologian. You don't need to have a five-point outline. You don't need to know the three circles. <laughs> yeah. But if you know how you came to know yeah. Christ, you tell your story. That's right. This And... and, and... Maybe you're like, yo, that's all I know how to do. Tell tell people who you were before meeting Jesus. Tell people how you met Jesus. And then tell people what your life has been like since meeting Jesus. I mean, that's all you need to do. Yeah. It's that simple. And when you when you do that, it piques people's interest. And people are like, man, that's I want to know more. Yeah. And remember this, as interested you are in seeing them come to know you, you're still not as interested in them as Jesus is. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because he yeah, died for them. Totally. You didn't. And, yeah. and the fact is, he will do in their life what is necessary to draw them to salvation. Mm. I, for years, you know, I had manipulative 
spiritual leadership in my life that would beat me down constantly. You're going to have blood on your hands before God, you know. And, 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 and Isn't that it, horrible? Yeah, and it's like it all depends on you. No, it doesn't depend on me. Nothing depends on me. It depends on the Holy That's Spirit. Right. I'm, I'm just a screwdriver in his toolbox. That's exactly yeah. right. And and so it takes some of the pressure off of us. 100%. And it gives us joy in sharing our story. Oh, and let me tell you, you know, you called me last week to share with me your, the opportunity God gave you to lead someone to Christ. The joy that comes from that, I think there's so many people that there's a joy that that it's hard to put into words. And the reason why sometimes people might be grumpy, grumpy Gus Christians is because they've never seen the power of God to transform a life like yeah. that, you know? And when you get to see it and experience it, you will get to know God in a, in a way tangibly that no Bible study can can give you. Yeah. You can have all the theological answers to all but it's that obedience and seeing the power of God to transform someone's life that will there's a joy that that is it's it's hard to put into words. You know, it's called the new birth. Yeah. And I, I grew up on a farm so every spring there was a lot of yeah. birthing going on. Yeah. I never got tired of seeing the new baby calf, the new kitten, the new mm. puppy, then and or a new human. Yeah. You know. And it it's always just it's a miracle. Yes. And when you see someone come to know Christ, it is a new birth. It is Absolutely. a miracle, and you never get tired of seeing it. Amen. That's good. So, well, Ben, thank you so much for challenging us. I, I, and I want you to know, man, you've been such a blessing to me. Your challenge to me has transformed how I look at the gospel. Mm. And, you know, it was it was so fun last week when the Lord allowed, allowed me to introduce this individual to Christ and, and so forth. And as soon as I got done, the first thing I thought, oh, i got to call Ben, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you're part of this journey and I'm thankful for your leadership on this. And, and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, I want to urge you to go to lifecharlotte.com, go to our media page and, and go to the sermon that Ben gave our church on September 18th. And it was, it was kind of a, a challenge to the church, a vision of what gospel saturation looks like, what it means to be a church, to be a family, to be an individual who's committed to sharing others. He talks about bless in his message, but he goes beyond that. And, and I, whether you attend Life Fellowship or not, I think it's a message that you ought to hear. It was specifically designed for our congregation. But so go to lifecharlotte.com, hit our media page, look for the September 18th message. And in case you're listening to this even years down the road, it's 2020. Too, um, but it, it's it's timeless. It's important, and I hope you listen to it. As always, we appreciate you listening to uh, to uh, Life Talks. I hope you'll follow us on on uh, Facebook. I hope that you will um, make sure that you share the news of this. And if you uh, can, why don't you subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode of Life Talks? Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.